Welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 22 for August 26th. My name is Rob Greenlee and I'm the head of content at Spreaker at Spreaker.com. And this show is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern on our website at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And it's also available in iTunes, Stitcher, and um, many other podcatcher, pod players, whatever you want to call them. Please leave a review um, and in iTunes or Stitcher or actually even at Spreaker.com if you wanted to go leave a comment there or the SpreakerLiveShow.com, which goes to the same place. So uh, we also have a terrific new blog. If you haven't heard about it or visited it, um, go check it out, blog.spreaker.com. And we have some great tips and content about podcasting and what's going on with uh, Spreaker in the support of podcasting. So certainly this show is all about podcasting. It's so meta on the topic. So if you're a podcaster and you want to ask a question um, of this show, and I will do my best to answer it on the show, please send it to rob at Spreaker.com, or you can send it to podcast at Spreaker.com, and that, that'll go to the greater team if you're trying to reach uh, more than just me uh, in reaching out to the company. So you can also send a tweet at Spreaker is our Twitter uh, Twitter tag, and you can send uh, it uh, via a hashtag called Spreaker Live or Spreaker Live Show. That would be great. And if you have a tech support question, please send it to support at Spreaker.com. And I wanted to also mention um, our blog, blog.spreaker.com, has uh, a regular flow of um, new articles and and things like that. And the most recent one is how sporting podcasts have blindsided traditional media. Um, it's an interesting uh, headline on that one. I don't know if it's uh, totally blindsided. I think a lot of traditional media have kind of supported podcasting. But uh, um, anyway, um, go read that article and catch that uh, that angle. That would be great. And also catch last week's um, Spreaker Live show, episode 21. I spoke with Mike Russell of the New Media Europe event, and he's also part of uh, the Music Radio Creative Group. But he talked all about the up-and-coming New Media Europe event, um, of which um, I'm going to talk more about with our, our guest, who's uh, on on the, the line here, calling me from uh, Scotland, of all places. And his name is Colin Gray, and he's a podcaster coach trainer at uh, thepodcasthost.com. And he also has his own podcast, uh, and that's probably not surprising, uh, at Podcraft. So... I met him at Podcast Movement, and uh, we traded some emails, and, and he's also offering a complete uh, podcasting training courses and services to help anyone launch a podcast, which uh, that's what we're all about here at the Speaker Live Show. And his main work is also uh, kind of developing those courses to help podcasters and, and offering really complete production services a, as well. Uh, he's got a background in education and uh, and teaching and so and he also i guess uh, likes to ride mountain bikes a little bit so colin <laughs> welcome to the show thanks very much rob delighted to be here so you like to ride mountain bikes huh i do yeah that's uh that's my kind of main passion outside of the podcasting work no so, yeah, kidding what uh, hell blow off steam <laughs> so do you like uh mountain bike down down steep slopes and stuff like that or are you like um just kind of a casual one are you like pretty serious about that stuff 
Yeah, I enjoy the downhills. It's uh, yeah, the adrenaline certainly makes it more of an exciting <laughs> day, I suppose. <laughs> so, have you crashed a few times over the years? Yeah, a fair few. Yes, just a few. Okay, <laughs> I have I have managed to break uh, one of the biggest bones in your body on a bike, so I, I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I I sat next to you at uh, at at a bar at Podcast Movement, and I think we talked for a while, and that's that that's where I I met you. Indeed. So yes, indeed. What was your um, thoughts on podcast movement. I mean, so is that the first time you've come to the U.S. because you're across the pond, as they say? It wasn't certainly. It's not the first visit to the U.S. At least uh, I've been across the U.S. a fair few times in the past, uh, and uh, but it was my first time across for something to do with podcasting. So that was nice. Uh, it was the first of the podcasting conferences that I've made it to. I had attempted to come to NMX the year before, but uh, I, inconveniently, my wife gave birth right around that time. Uh, so I guess that's that kinda... a, we'll let you off the hook on that one. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good reason to, to to miss a podcasting event. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the event was great. I really enjoyed it. It was just, um, it was so well put together by the guys like um, Jared and Dan and, and the other two. And it was just sort of, it was so slick, so well organized. Uh, and and the event, like the, the speeches, sorry, the presentations and the speakers and all that were just, they were very well organized. And basically, it came down to actually the people as well, though. I was just so surprised at how um, ridiculously friendly everybody was. And I suppose I shouldn't be surprised at that, obviously. But, you know, it was just people coming up to me all the time and saying, hello, what's your name? What podcast do you run? All that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was just yeah, a delightful few days meeting all sorts of great folk. Yeah, I think you're you're definitely amongst uh, people that are typically pretty social and like to talk. So I, yes. I think it's a... <laughs> it's a uh, it's a warm environment for a podcaster to come in to no question about it. Absolutely. So, well, let's talk, talk a bit more about your, your background before we kind of dive into the work that you're doing to, to help the podcasting space and especially being over in Europe. Um, but won't you give us a little bit of a flavor of how you got kind of involved in podcasting and kind of, you know, a little bit of your background and I mean, do you have a background in radio or just kind of online stuff? Yeah, my my background is actually originally web design. So I started out uh, studying, well, actually, originally I started studying astrophysics. That's my original degree. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a huge, you know, astronomy fan myself. So I can, ah, I can fully appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I got into it because I was a, a real sort of astronomy fan when I was at school and I thought it would be great to go and do astrophysics and learn all about the stars and space mm-hmm. and everything. Um, what I discovered when I got to uni, though, was that astrophysics is basically 99% maths and 1% interest in cosmology and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's not, not quite as interesting as I thought it was going to be. So I didn't really use that at all following university. Uh, I went on and did a, a master's in uh, web design and multi media though so that was kind of what took me into the whole um, web design and online development side of things Uh, but I took a bit of a a roundabout route and ended up uh, teaching web design at a local college in Edinburgh and it was actually there that I sort of got into the education side of things started uh, learning how to teach uh, especially learning how to teach with technology as well so that's kind of where I ended up really most recently, uh, I, I worked at a university, uh, another university in Edinburgh, Napier, uh, for about five or six years teaching lecturers how to teach online. Uh, and that's really what led me into podcasting because 
one of the technologies that was pretty fashionable around uh, 2007, 2008 for teaching was podcasting, of course. So uh, I was tasked uh, by my uh, by my uppers to uh, to go and learn about podcasting and teach it to the lecturers. So so I did, uh, and and being a bit of a gadget geek and everything myself, I uh, I really enjoyed learning all about the uh, the mixers and the microphones and the all sorts of stuff, all the technology involved in it, and spent a good two or three years just running podcasting courses for the lecturers in the university uh, so that was yeah between about 2007 and 2009 or 10 i suppose yeah that's awesome so you've been really in the space for many years now it sounds like so i mean it's great that you have that kind of background that you've you've seen the industry kind of develop or, over that period of time because back in 2007 that was a very formative time for the space i mean i know that there, there was a lot of hype around 2005 and then that two years after that, the the hype kind of cooled a little bit, and yeah. and it became a little bit more real. There was kind of thinning out of some companies, and and I think really set the stage for what we see now is is this kind of steady, consistent growth in the space around uh, you know best practices and things like that. That was really an important time. I don't know, again, did you really keep a close eye on what 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 was happening in the states and the growth and the development? And I mean, and as you look back, I mean, how has Europe kind of flowed with that? Yeah, I I'd have to admit the first few years that I was in or learning about podcasting, those years where I was just really teaching it at the university, I wasn't really keeping an eye on the outside world at all. So I have to admit, I didn't really know much about what was going on uh, in the US or even what was going on in, in the UK in the industry at the time. It was around... I think 2010, um, coming on for a living that I um, was looking to get out of education at the time. And I started uh, this site, the podcast host, that was uh, the one you mentioned earlier. Um, and it was kind of, it was when I started that and started to write a lot more. I started to write a lot more tutorials and kit reviews and all that kind of stuff around that time. And that's when I started to explore the wider um, space and discovered that actually there was tons of people out there doing this and teaching it and enjoying it and sort of espousing the world of uh, of podcasting. So yeah, that was good fun. But it was it was pretty obvious at the time already that, I mean, the US was leading the way, obviously, and uh, sort of... Um, number of shows, number of listeners, um, even sort of teaching um, sort of the, the subjects, all that kind of stuff. So I think these days the UK is funny in podcasting because we've got we've got a group, we've got a core group of podcasters, some of whom are um, obviously sort of world class. I mean, you take take an example of um, of Mark Pendleton, who does Radio Lingua. Uh, they started out with Coffee Break Spanish, and that's one of the, the most downloaded podcasts on the web. I mean, they've done millions and millions of downloads, been running since about 2006, 2007. Uh, and I was, I was actually pretty shocked when I found out that he was uh, doing all of this from about uh, 10 miles from my house for about five or six years before I even discovered that. And it was, it was crazy. So yes, we're, we're definitely behind in terms of numbers, in terms of exposure, um, maybe even in some ways, technique, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think the UK has got a really core group of people just now that are really pushing the word of podcasting and, and, uh, and growing it here, including Mike, who you mentioned earlier, who you mm -hmm. spoke to on the, the last uh, episode. So yeah, it's good that we're, we're certainly catching up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, is it the, the culture over there that, that, that makes podcasting a little bit more of a struggle to get, get traction or is it, is it because of the more traditional uh, kind of kind of public media that's there that tends to 
to kind of dominate the airwaves or dominate the the media landscape? I think I think probably there's a few factors in it. I suppose the fact that we're a lot smaller, maybe it uh, doesn't help in the first place. Just gotcha. the sort of word of mouth sharing and stuff like that. We don't have the same population that you guys have to mm-hmm. sort of get that viral growth growing. Um, but maybe that's not an excuse, actually. Maybe that's just kind of... Uh, demographics doesn't shouldn't really make a difference but yeah the, maybe the bbc have something to do with it and the fact that they do definitely i mean the radio in the uk is funny because we've got we've got five or six bbc channels more than that actually because you've got all the regional ones too who dominate the radio um, by a long way because because they get publicly funded they don't have to put adverts on and stuff like that so they're just naturally more um, attractive to listen to. You don't have to listen through adverts every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of, they have this big advantage and they're so well known and, and traditionally they were so well trusted as well. It's maybe changing a bit these days, but they were so well trusted and had such a good reputation that people just naturally go to the BBC. So yeah. possibly you, didn't, you don't have the same push towards podcasting that you maybe get in the US from you know NPR and, and your other um stations like that so yeah it could be something to do with that to be honest i i I think it's partly as well just the fact that the 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 vast majority of early early podcasts came out of the u.s so that was the voice that was that was bringing them to the world and uh, and people from your own country from the own the same sort of personality all that kind of stuff picked them up quicker possibly Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but yeah it's there's definitely a few factors at play there so, yeah, as you think about it, I mean, from a, a pure content perspective, um, I mean, is there, I mean, I kind of equate the the BBC to um, National Public Radio, you know, a little bit. It, it, it appears to be kind of similar in some ways, but it's different. I mean, th- there's obviously no advertising on, on, on the traditional BBC radio. Is that correct? Or do yes, they do do right, some advertising? Yeah. yeah. And and where I know that NPR does have some sponsor messages, but um, but it does you know appear that there's some similarity there that's more that's maybe different than kind of commercial podcasters or commercial yeah. radio, which isn't that prominent over there, right? Yeah, sure. And you know, I may be being a bit unfair to them because the BBC do actually have a lot of podcasts that they produce. Yeah, yeah, so they, they do. Put, they they republish basically a lot of their radio shows, um, but I mean I, I'm not sure they're they're quite. This is probably totally unfair, and I'm sure I'll get shouted down by many BBC fans. But I'm not sure how much freedom they have to be creative, how much freedom they have to come up with new shows, to come up with new formats, to come up with new topics, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically just republishing the stuff that's done live, On which I'm radio, sure ha- right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it has. I'm sure there's a lot of restrictions on that type of programming that no, wouldn't necessarily apply to podcasting. So, I mean, even that could be something that's holding us back a little bit. The fact that a lot of people that come to podcasting in the UK, the first thing they think of is BBC. They hear about it through Radio One, Radio Two, whatever. Get those shows, and many of them are just republishing. So they think, well, why do I need to subscribe to this? Because you know, I get it on the radio or, yeah. or actually it's just highlights from radio shows that's not that interesting. There's not much of a story going on here, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, maybe that maybe that's holding us back slightly, even though it's really good quality programming. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I kind of wonder if the BBC over time is going to start creating more original uh, podcast content, not mm. not so much just on broadcast. Um, but that's, that's probably... Uh, that's something I should look into a little bit. I don't know if they're playing around with that. Um, 
But uh, wanted to also ask you about, um, I read about a concept that you had on your website that you were talking about, you know, because one of the big things that you cover is trying to to train um, podcasters around, um, you know, learning the craft. Um, and also you have an outline around your recommended equipment and and that type of thing, which are kind of fundamental to, to podcasting, right? You kind of have to know how to do it and what kind of equipment to use, which is important. But I wanted to ask you about your concept that, that you put out there around podcast promotion, which is called Pod Packs. And I thought it was oh, an interesting idea. I mean, in some ways, there's been different derivatives out there that have been out there for a long time around playlists and things like that. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I've heard that term before. Um so did you coin that term pod packs? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> partly because I, I had sort of been talking to people, some fellow podcasters and uh, actually some people wanted to get into podcasting. Uh, and I looked around for something that was a similar concept and I couldn't find anything. So maybe I just couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, I, so I thought I had to make someone up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's kind of a simple concept, but it's a terrific idea. Why don't you tell us kind of your your vision of it. And who knows, maybe this will catch on here in a bigger way. Yeah, I'd love it too. I mean, it all came out of the fact that I, most recently, my main mission um, has been just to get new people into podcasting, not even creating it, but listening. So I, I just always talk to people about podcasting. Anyone that I meet, uh, at some point in the conversation, I'm going to bore them with it. Like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you know what a podcast is? And if they don't, I'll, you know, I'll ask them, can I see, do you mind if I see your phone? And, you know, bring up the podcasting app if they're on Apple and, and maybe download something for them if they're not. Um, so I had all of this going on and I would try and recommend shows to them and stuff like that. But you know what it's like that you've got a few shows that you really like uh, that you recommend to people, but then it turns out they'll have listened to the most recent show and actually it maybe wasn't the best example of what they do and so they won't get hooked on it, that type of stuff. So the idea was to create these packs of podcasts that were around particular topics that I could say, right, so you want to get started in this topic, go and subscribe to this feed and this is basically the best episode that I know of from 10 to 20 uh, different shows that I love. Uh, so yeah, the, fir- the first one I created was um, a business primer pod pack that I called it. And that's basically because that's kind of uh, the most common shows that I listen to. So I, I picked out the best uh, episode from a bunch of shows that I really, really like, uh, such as um, a few UK UK guys like Chris Moore, uh, Content Marketing Academy, Andy Brown from um, Tribute Clients or or Dave Hay from, uh, from the All Things Productivity podcast. And I picked out the best episode from each of them and put it into a feed that people could subscribe to. Uh, So there's now about 20 or so episodes in that feed, which introduces listeners to all of those different hosts. So it introduces them to 20 or so different shows um, and the best episode that I can see from them, but also actually takes them to that topic. So I picked one that was email marketing, one that was PPC, one that was productivity, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a full grounding in a topic while also introducing you to a bunch of different shows that you might want to listen to in future. So that was kind of the, the principle behind it. Um, and I've had a few people say they really like the idea and listen to it. Not, I've not had a huge amount of feedback about it yet, but then I haven't tried to promote it or anything. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you found that and like the idea at least. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. And actually, I put a link to the page that you have up um, um, to to your pod pack 
that you really? put out there an example it's in the show notes so Excellent. if you're listening to this you can go go click on that link and uh, go go see what we're talking about i mean i know that there, there's been playlists in this whole concept i think and, and i'm 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 listening to the to the ground a little bit of the space of what the the topics are that are hot right now, and one of the topics is is discovery. Right, people are trying to find new new podcasts to listen to. What's good? What's not good? All, all this kind of thing, and they're constantly churning through podcasts to keep trying to find you know what they have an interest in. Right. Um, yes. And there's this kind of this this thing that happens you know if you've been a long time li- listener to podcasts where where you kind of gravitate towards shows that you are you kind of feel like you have an affinity for the hosts or you disconnect with them at some level and i think it's really really interesting and i know you know like clamor and you know there's apps out there that are trying to get people to sample content right from various shows and yeah. I think, I mean, it's been in music for a long time of being able to sample, you know, like 15 seconds or 30 seconds of, of content to figure out if you want to listen more. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think this kind of taps into it, but, but it even goes beyond that. It's almost like you're, you're, you're almost creating like a, like a multi-host uh, seminar or something like that where they can, they can train people or they can talk about a particular um, niche topic and drill down into it. They may not actually ever go listen to another episode from that host, which is <laughs> one of the dangers of this, right? Yes. But, yeah. but it's still, nonetheless, it gets people listening to, to, to your show. It d- doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, I've been working with podcasting for a long time. I've been slicing up my episodes for years and years, creating shorter segments that can be grouped with like articles and textual kind of kind of things like that too. But so as you think about your pod packs, how would you kind of extend that? I mean, should this be built into aggregator platforms or um, I know that there's been some platforms that are played with, I, I think SoundCloud maybe plays with a little bit of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um- the th- I suppose the th- the one thing that I had as a worry about it was that people took it a little bit the wrong way and that I was putting together a list of things on my website, sort of drawing from other people's material. So I haven't actually submitted it to iTunes, for example, or SoundCloud or, you know, um, Stitcher or whatever. Yeah. Partly partly through that kind of fear before I got a bit of feedback, making sure that everyone realized sort of the thoughts behind it, why I was doing it. And actually it's designed to help both listeners and the hosts that would be included on it because you'd hopefully get some new listeners through it. So, but I, I mean, I could, I could quite, well, I could quite see myself starting to submit them to iTunes. So they're actually, it's a feed to that's available for anyone to listen to. So if somebody's searching for online business, for example, they would find that feed and then that would lead them into all the other shows. Um, but are, do you mean in terms of the actual the platforms themselves starting to yeah, do that? Type well, of that and, well, I think um, so. Your curated list um, here of of Podpack, um, mm-hmm. you know, the episodes, th- those are linking to the this the source host, right? Yes, for each yeah, of those right. episodes. Yes. So it's not like you're like rehosting that stuff, no, and no. they're not getting credit for the plays. No, no, it's, it's yeah. always trying to link back to the original. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, and I'm thinking that maybe maybe that functionality needs to exist more as an aggregator platform service than probably mm-hmm. coming from an individual user. But it, mm-hmm. it those playlists could be created by an individual user in a more kind of larger aggregator experience, and it mm, might be a yeah. 
better way of doing it, maybe, I, because that playlist can be more widely shared on the platform. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. Yeah. And in sort of the sense of uh, a public Amazon uh, wish list type of thing, like these are the books that I want to read and anyone else can, can jump on that and see them. That's, yeah, yeah. a nice idea. And then well, let's kind of, kind of fast forward ahead a little bit and talk about um, your presentation that you're going to do at New Media Europe in September. Sure. Here. Why, don't you, why don't you tell us a little about your, your topic there? I mean, Spreaker's a huge supporter of the event and and we definitely want to get get people attending that that event yeah. across Europe. So, I, you know, if you live in the U.S., get a plane ticket, head over to the U.K. It's a good excuse. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Come and join us. Come and join us in Manchester. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I, I loved the the UK pod uh, podcasters event last year, which this has kind of grown out of. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the crowd, meeting the crowd again. So it was again similar type of massive range of friendly people. Uh, but yeah, the topic is around sort of slightly around breaking the mold of podcasting. So mm-hmm. it was something that I talked about at Podcast Movement actually um, last month uh, that a lot, I think that there's so many, there's a lot of new producers coming into podcasting just now and a lot of them are just kind of copying the same old formats and the same old approaches mm-hmm. without really thinking about why. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that podcasters do comes from old media formats uh, like radio, for example, or TV or whatever, without really sort of thinking about whether that's best for our format. So it's it's talking a little bit about the fact that all, for example, all of my um, podcasts uh, around podcasting, so Podcraft, for example, have always been based around seasons, uh, each season around a particular topic and teaching something from start to finish. Uh, and also just sort of a few different things that I do in there as well that sort of make I think podcasting a bit more easy, a bit more sustainable. So I'm talking about all of the things that I do that a lot of people don't do. And I realize that seasons actually have become a bit more fashionable in the last six months, uh, 12 months, whatever, because... Yeah, uh, from cereal, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So the new breed, they're actually taking this on. And I think that's probably partly because some of them are um, realizing that the, the way they're producing them is costing a lot of money and taking a lot of time. So actually it's impossible to do that sustainably every mm-hmm. single week, Yeah. Um, which is part of what I'm talking about, the fact that even your average podcaster, it's just, it's unrealistic to commit to saying, right, I'm starting a podcast and uh, I'm going to do it every week forever and ever. And it's just, it's just a bit silly. Well, Um, there's a few um, podcasters in the podcasting space that are well over a thousand episodes. So there's, there's definitely a, a few marathon runners in this space. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm absolutely, definitely not saying that people can't do that. There's, there's, there's some, uh, there's some hardcore weekly people out there that have done it for years. Um, but there's also coming from a teacher's point of view. So let's go back to my my sort of educational background. I always think about structure and learning objectives and boring things like that. And it kind of uh, it kind of winds me up a little bit sometimes when I find a new podcast that I love and they're great content. I love the host, but then I want to find out what they thought about you know all their teachings on say email marketing or on what, a certain subject. And I have to search through their entire catalog to try and find all of these. And there's there's no order, there's no structure. They've got a beginner lesson, a beginner podcast next to an advanced podcast next to an intermediate one. 
And so that's kind of why I designed all of my shows uh, around a linear progression. You start at the start, you finish at the end, and it's a kind of self-contained series that takes you through a subject. Um, Like season three, for example, I took people through how to create a podcasting website from start to finish over 20 episodes. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, And the whole purpose behind the talk at New Media Europe is to talk about that approach and also to talk about how well that is suited to actually making a living out of your podcast because it kind of leads naturally towards creating these products you have you have these self-contained seasons which are a topic which solves a problem uh, and they can either act as sellable products so you could take them offline after a while and sort of only give your new series for free or you could use them as lead generators into a larger product related to it so either um, a book or a course or a service or something like that 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 series then leads to so that's kind of that's the the bulk of the topic it's going from sort of changing up the way you podcast through to how that can then lead to sort of more easy monetization oh great well it sounds like a real real loaded episode or a loaded session <laughs> um or or episode we can call an episode yeah indeed it, it's going to be <laughs> like the right line yeah it's like it's like a 45 minute episode so yeah. you, i'm sure that they're going to be recording it so it's probably going to be put out as a podcast who knows right but, I hope so. They did that last time, actually. So yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, let's let's run through quickly, kind of what you do for your company, the the podcast uh, host dot com site. Uh, you're doing some production assistance where you'll come in and edit and process and publish um, content. But, but are you also involved in kind of the creation side or the show topics, formats, all that stuff? And I, I'm sure you are, just based on what you just told me. You're definitely plugged into that. Yeah, do you mean with the clients that we work? Yeah, with? correct. Yeah, yes. yeah, uh, yeah. We we kind of we do a, a range of stuff. So with the product with the production side of things, that's for the people who yeah they want to just outsource the entire technical side. Mm-hmm. They do the record, they do the planning and the recording, and then we just take over from there doing editing, music uh, production, uh, pr- publishing, but. So that's the kind of basic service is just the technical elements. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we work with. Um, I've got a team of a, a, a couple, uh, one other guy who does um, all the production, uh, nearly all the production, and then and another couple that help us out with um, a lot of stuff as well. So there's we're growing and get some more people, and we we have a good range of expertise in terms of just general mentorship as well. So we work with people just to talk through what kind of topics to cover, how to plan a podcast, what formats to go for, what kind of strategy you can follow to to try and either promote a business or sell a product or whatever. So that that's the stuff that really gets me excited actually is sort of helping people get started and launch and figure out um, how to start their podcast in the best possible way. Because, I mean, you know as well as I that a lot of people just get started and they don't really think about it and they get to episode 50 um, and kind of get a bit jaded and don't achieve what they want to because they haven't really put the right thought into how they go about it. So that's kind of what really excites me is getting all that stuff planned out at the start and then really seeing the progress as they go. Sure. So you're you're doing, um, I mean, so this is a fee-based service that you're doing where you're yes. coming in and kind of taking care of kind of the the more technical side. Are you actually coming out and doing doing the recording too? Or is that typically still done by the by the, the host and owner of the show? 
Yeah, no, that's done by them. So we, um, when we take on a client, if they're brand new to it, if they just need help with um, getting started, then generally the first um, few, the first month or so is just getting their equipment all sorted out, teaching them how to get it set up, teaching them how to use it to record, and then doing all the strategy stuff and planning and everything so that when they do go to record their first episode, they know exactly how their kit works and they know exactly what they're going to say. Uh, and yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a fee-based thing. We just generally do a monthly fee to, to help them out with that kind of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's, let's uh, also talk about your courses that you're doing. I guess uh, the title of it is Learn the Craft and from Novice Podcaster to, to Confident Broadcaster. So, um, so that's a series of, of um, uh, what, of podcasts? Is that what you're doing that, that kind of helps take people through the process or what's involved in that? Yeah, so the the courses, like I said, actually, is is what I'm talking about in New Media Europe. They came out of the podcast itself. So Podcraft, uh, the very first series of that was uh, 10 episodes, which got people started in podcasting. Um, It was supposed to be just a sort of 10 to 15 minute every day. They listened to the show. They did something after that. And that takes them one step forward towards getting their first episode out. Uh, And that that kind of originated with the old university course that I used to run. So that was how I how I did that. It was a two week course, one day, uh, sorry, 10 days. So, you know, two working weeks and that would get their episode out. So I expanded that out basically into what I call what's called podcast liberation. So that's the the launch course that we run, um, which is now three modules, uh, 15 units within that. And uh, basically covers everything from the planning and strategy, uh, avatars, all that kind of stuff, through to editing and equipment. And then in the last section, it's all about the publication side of things. So artwork and music and uh, and publishing tunes and the like. Uh, and also a, a sort of early launch plan. So a, your first eight weeks launch plan. Um, so, yeah, that course is, is uh, it's all video based, text based, activity based as well. Um, and it's all based around the kind of the research that I did over the, the sort of five or six years I was working at university about how to teach great uh, courses online. So I, I like it to be as as interactive and as multimodal and all that as, as possible to make sure that it, it helps as many people as possible. Sure. So, yeah, as you think about the content side of podcasting, do you think that uh, there's a formula that can be um, – done in podcasting now that will kind of assure the the wild popularity of your show or is it i mean or is it always as it's always been is it kind of just an intangible around talent and content that i mean is there a formula that you've thought about here what makes a show really popular and what shows don't and is there common characteristics i think I think there's definitely no one easy answer. There's definitely no one works for everybody. But the the commonalities that I've spotted have come in the form of people who um, obviously are passionate about the subject. That goes without saying. Um, But passion isn't enough. It goes into knowing exactly what you want to achieve as well. So deciding right at the start what you want to get out of this podcast. And even if that's just to grow an audience and entertain them and become, you know, popular and have people to talk to about your subject, then that's absolutely fine. Other people want to build a business out of it. So whatever your aim is, making sure that you're clear about that aim. And then the next step, the next common thing that I find people that are successful follow is keeping it very, very simple in the early days. So that means for the first 10, 15, even 20 episodes, just getting yourself a, a sort of a decent headset mic. Like a, you get you get a decent Sennheiser 
headset mic for £30 and you can use that to record a good quality podcast that just means that there's no barriers in a way whatsoever. So all you do is you open up your laptop, you put on the headset and you hit record. There's none of this setting up complicated microphones or, you know, recorders, all that kind of stuff. And that's the key thing for me. It's the fact that you can, because there's no barriers, it means that you will record something every week without fail, which has two effects. It means that you're you're consistent. It means that you're always out there, which means that your audience is growing regularly. And it also means that because you're recording that regularly, you're getting a lot of practice. And so when you get that much regular practice, you get good at the presenting and you get good at it fast. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important thing. A lot of a thing that a lot of people forget. Um, and it's because it's that delivery. It's the it's the content that you create and it's the, the way you deliver it that's the key. It's not the quality of the audio. I mean, I know that's a, a, almost a cliche these days, but that's a lot of people still forget it and they go away and spend 500 quid in equipment straight away, forgetting that they just need to make it easy, practice it a lot. And by mm -hmm. episode 20, you'll have a good audience by that point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think around the, the, the whole audio content piece, I mean, it, it just can't be painful to listen to. <laughs> yeah yes exactly right. yes it, it can't be like like the scratchy thing that uh it's kind of like an itch that you can't you know properly itch it has to yeah. be something that uh is easy to listen to um but absolutely but it doesn't doesn't require a five thousand dollar studio to accomplish that i think i mean yes. i mean like you were recommending the 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 atr 2100 which is 59 dollars, right mm -hmm. um, yeah absolutely i mean you can get started with that level of microphone and and actually, the 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 iPhone and the iPad have really good microphones right in inside those things, um, but I mean, certainly not to the level of you know the ATR twenty one hundred or really any other mic. But but it's certainly getting started is not hard to do. But but you just need to. I mean, I I I agree with what you're saying, but I also think that um, there is a baseline there that you need to hit that. Um, can keep your audience <laughs> yeah no absolutely i totally agree and that's that's why i say that uh, i've i've tested a, a set of um headset mics and i found the uh, i think it was the sennheiser pc8 uh, was the was the the headset mic that i found for under 50 pounds that uh, that gave me what i thought was acceptable it was it was decent and it was something that people wouldn't complain about definitely it was a good minimum standard certainly so yeah that's yeah. what i tend to recommend to people <laughs> yeah and i also uh, noticed that you're recommending the the Mackie Pro FX8, um, which is a, a a fabulous uh mixer. I mean I've Indeed. got got a Mackie that I'm using here. It's the 802 VLZ3, uh, which is a mm -hmm. it's it's basically an eight channel um Mackie mixer. I'm a huge fan of Mackie's. Of course they yeah, okay. they're yeah. based here in Seattle, so it's uh, uh local it, boys. <laughs> it is a local local connection there, that's for sure. And I also use the <laughs> The Zoom um, H2N, which it sounds, it, I know she, you were recommending as an optional digital recorder if you wanted to create a backup. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't typically record into my computer anymore. Actually, I, I record. I used to do that for many years, and I, uh, I tended to to lose recording sometimes doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's the crash is always a, a fear, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I tend to record. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got my MXL 990 that I record straight into my Behringer Eurorack. So I've got a really old school Behringer uh, mixer, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, which is uh, I've had for about three or four years now. Uh, so that's been serving me well. And uh, just straight into an H4N from that as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all uh, audio hardware rolling into the computer too. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Colin, it was great to to have you on the show. Why don't you give us um, kind of a rundown of all the ways that a listener can get a hold of you, um, see what you're up to, maybe even look into taking one of your courses. Yeah, I'd love it if they check that out. Um, so you can find basically everything I do at thepodcasthost.com. And uh, on Twitter, I'm the podcast host as well. So yeah, any questions, just uh, fire them on through on Twitter or you can find a contact page on thepodcasthost.com. Uh, and yeah, the courses and the services and everything are found there too. If you just pop on, you'll see them in the, in the navigation at the top. So yeah, uh, it'd be great if you check them out. Yeah. Well, th- well, thanks, Colin. And Grant. Uh, it was great to have you on the program. I was, del- I was delighted to be here. Very honored to be asked, Rob. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for listening to the show today um, off of SpreakerLifeShow.com or from Spreaker or from the Spreaker apps. Or if you're listening to this in iTunes or, or Stitcher or all the other potential places out there that uh, you can get a podcast these days, please give us a rating um, and a comment in iTunes. And uh, definitely come back and check out next week's show. We're going to be... Uh, back live again uh, next Wednesday with uh, some great guests on the on the program every week to talk about podcasting and and um, if you want to send me a question or a comment you feel free to send it to rob at spreaker.com and uh, you can also send a tweet too um, at spreaker using the hashtag spreaker live or spreaker live show.com so thank you very much and uh, we hope to to hear from you and have you back listening next week on the Speaker Live Show. 